today. We thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. And as we look into your word, we ask that you would just reveal your glory to us even the more. And that we will just live thereby. And that we will glorify you in our actions, our conduct, and how we interact with others. So God, we thank you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are now on episode number three, which is the last episode of this series called The Content Life. And the whole reason why I selected this series for this time period is because a lot of people like to give thanks for the things that they have, but sometimes they do not really feel content in what they have. And my whole emphasis during this time period has been, be glad with what you have. I didn't say settle for what you have. Just be glad. And so as we look into this, and as we have looked over these past couple of weeks, I'm not going to go through all the other two. You can go onto the YouTube site and, and listen to the other two. But today what I want us to focus on is when you're content, guess what happens? You're also thankful. And it's not a forced thankfulness. And when you're thankful, guess what happens? You're blessed. And what do we always say about we are blessed to be? Blessed. We're blessed to be a blessing. And so that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to be in Luke, the seventh chapter, starting at that 36th verse. A familiar story for those of us that have heard some Bible stories. But I want to pull out what generosity is. Luke, the seventh chapter, the 36th verse. This is the English Standard Version. It says, one of the Pharisees asked him, Jesus, to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who was touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, I do want to make note that he said this to himself, but Jesus said, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. 
You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. Is that a cut down or what? But anyway. <laughs> then those who were at the table with them began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Isn't that something? Now last week we talked about them good old Pharisees. And I'm not going to go into it. There's another little snippet. Go on to YouTube and you can see what we talked about the Pharisees last week. <laughs> but I want to point out that one of the hallmarks of a thankful heart is generosity. When we are truly grateful for what the Lord has given us, or what he gives to us, we are moved to give freely to others. Luke tells of a woman so overcome by gratitude, she weeps at Jesus' feet and washes them with her hair and her tears. Jesus says the woman's great love is because she has been forgiven of many sins. He tells the disciples those who have been forgiven of little only love a little. Understanding the depth of our sin and the magnitude of the Lord's forgiveness will move us to acts of thanksgiving which moves us to greater love and greater generosity. You know, there's another thing that we talk about. Go ahead and take that beam out of your eye before you try to take this blood out of somebody else's. Sometimes we look at other folks and we say they are so bad but sometimes a mirror needs to be reflecting what we're saying when we say that. Because it's easy for us to look at somebody else and see how bad they are and elevate ourselves because that ain't our issue. You know, I do some coaching and, and I'm helping some, some people to, to, to better their lives and everything. And, one of the things I'm figuring out is that everybody has something that they're addicted to. Now, we look at the person that's addicted to pornography and we try to put him in the jailhouse. But when you're over there addicted to food, we try to say you just have an issue. But they're both addictions. And so we try to look through it and try to manipulate it and try to make it so it's not so bad because I do it. But it's bad because you do it. And so this woman hears about Jesus going to this Pharisee's house. And I, I want to kind of lay this out for you because we got to understand this. Traditionally, this woman would not have went to that Pharisee's house. But because she heard that Jesus was there, she went into the house. Now, I also want to explain that the way that they ate at that time, and they still eat, eat there at that time in the uh, Middle East, is that they actually don't have chairs that they sit in. They have a bunch of pillows laying around, and they just kind of recline on the pillows, and they have the food laid out there, and they just kind of eat laying down. 
Because I know the analytical folks is like, well, how is she going to come up behind Jesus and see his feet? Because he's laying down, he's reclined, he's, he's just sitting there eating his meal. So his feet are sticking out. They're not underneath the table like in the Western civilization. And so it was traditional for when you went to someone's house that as you came in because you had on your sandals, that the servant would meet you at the door and have a basin of water and would wash your feet before you went to the house. And if they really was, you know, highfalutin folks, they would anoint your head with a little oil so that you could smell good before you walked into the house. And if they really liked you, they would greet you with a kiss. But as Jesus said, you ain't do none of that. To the Pharisee. I would happen to hazard to say that Jesus was being cordial to the Pharisee because he asked him over, but he knew that the woman was the real reason that he needed to be there. And so as we see this situation, she goes in and she has this flask. Somebody said, some, uh, some other version say a box, but she has this perfume. Now, I'll tell you something else about the folks that live in that area. They don't use a lot of deodorant. But what they use is they use oils. They use perfumed oils. And the, the scent of the oils is usually stronger than the perspiration. <laughs> usually. But after you don't walk from one house to another and sweat a little bit, you might need to, you know, reapply some oil. But this woman, boy, y'all folks, y'all faces right now, thinking about them. Okay, I'm going to leave y'all alone. But as she walked in there, she comes in with this expensive perfume. I don't know what the most expensive perfume is. I don't know what it is. But this is kind of what that was. I don't know what the most uh, fragrant perfume is, but this perfume was that. And she walks in there, and she is so happy to see Jesus, knowing that when you meet Jesus, he changes your life, that she's just crying and tears are coming down her face. And instead of her wiping her tears, she just lets them fall on his why is Jesus' feet dusty and he's in the house? And she lets them fall on Jesus' feet. And she doesn't have a towel, but what she has is her hair. Now, what's the significance of this? The Bible says that the glory of the woman is her hair. So she took her glory. That's what made her prestigious, what made her feminine, that's what made her her and used it to wipe off the Savior's feet to show how humble, how grateful she is that he would forgive her sin. Now, think about this. He hasn't even said anything to her, but she's operating at a level of faith Believing that as she does these actions, that she's going to get the result that she desires. So she's just grateful. 
So she wipes his feet. She's crying on his feet, wipes his feet. She puts the fragrant oil on there. And then as a sign of respect, she kisses his feet. And the Pharisee sat over there, knowing how he was last week. It's a different one, but you know how they act. Said, look at him. How he going to say that he's a prophet? If he's a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this is. And she touching him. Jesus being who Jesus is, let him finish his thought. And instead of confronting him directly, he gives him the story. If you owe a person a million dollars, and your friend owed him a hundred thousand, and he forgave both of y'all, which one would you feel would be more indebted or feel more grateful to have and forgiveness? He says, of course, the one who gave the most. And he says, well, you spoke him well. Then he turns, so remember he's laying down, so now he turns and looks toward the woman. So the Pharisee is looking at him, and now he's got to look at the woman also and says, this woman has a deeper debt, and now she is forgiven. And you who think you ain't got no debt, you're also forgiven, but your generosity, your feeling, your love is not at the same level because you ain't catching on to what it feels like to be delivered. We have to realize that we are a blessed people. And as I said, sometimes we get so wrapped around on what everybody else has, thinking that we don't have nothing. I heard the story of the man who was tired of walking until he met a man who didn't have any feet. You can walk through this uh, great city of Los Angeles, and they have this area called Skid Row, and you can see how bad things can be. When you look along the sidewalk and you see all these cardboard boxes that people are actually living out of, not just sleeping in, but living out of because of their situation. And you're mad because you have to stay in a studio. You got people that are trying to figure out ways to feed their sons and their daughters because they don't have enough money. And you're mad because we can't have steak tonight because I didn't get all of the money in my check. If we look at it through the right perspective, I think we can have reason to be thankful. If I just celebrate what I have and not worry about what I don't, I think I'll be all right. <coughs> if y'all remember, when we talked about Philippians, the fourth chapter, the 13th verse, when we're talking about the Bible doesn't say that, 
We talked about how when we say I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, he's not talking about so that you can have this ability to uh, have, have victor victory over your opponent. He was talking about God will give you strength in no matter what situation that you're in. Because Paul said, I've learned how to have wealth. I've learned how to be poor. But the one thing that I know that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So he's learned how to be content in every situation. So it doesn't matter our social status. It doesn't matter our fiscal status. It doesn't matter any status. We can be content no matter what the status. Our whole desire should be, no matter where I am, I'm going to bring glory to God. And when the time comes and we start getting blessed, we have to be careful not to try to put our confidence in the monies or the wealth that we receive. Jesus tells a story about the farmer who had a great harvest come in and he said, wow, look, my barn is full. You know what I'm gonna do tomorrow? I'm gonna tear down this barn and I'm gonna build two more so I can put all my stuff in my barn. Jesus said, you're a fool. He said, because tonight your soul is going to be required of you. Why couldn't he say, I, I got plenty enough for me. Why don't I go ahead and give some to somebody else? Why? Because we should be blessed in order to be a blessing. When we are going through times where you, you don't have enough money to rub two pennies together and you're just going through situations we shouldn't get the mindset I need to go steal, I need to go contrive I need to, you gotta say God I trust you, I know you won't leave me, I know you won't forsake me I'm content to be in you show me what I need to do and show me your power I'm just encouraging you I'm just encouraging you be content Jesus, I got you. And because I got you, I got greater than the whole world. Yes. And so we have to walk in that. Now, when we do have excess, when we do have more than enough, we should be celebrating. Now, back in the Old Testament times, what they would do is they had what they call fellowship offerings. And these fellowship offerings, when they brought these offerings of thanksgiving, it, 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 the offering of thanksgiving also had this fellowship offering combined with it. And what it was was they would have to bring in a cow. They had to bring in a goat, a sheep. And it would be divided into three portions. The first portion went to the Lord. The second portion went to the priest. And the rest that had to be used to prepare a feast for family and for your friends. Now, when you did this Thanksgiving offering, this is how God worked this out. He said, when you bring me an offering of Thanksgiving, you give me my third, you give the priest their third, this other third is for you and your family for Thanksgiving. But you couldn't have any leftovers. This ain't Hawaii. God said, it all got to be ate up the same day. 
if you have food left over, it's a transgression against the Lord. So if you had all this food laid out, guess what you had to do? You had to go find some folks to come eat. And so you would have this big fellowship of folks. You just go find folks to come and eat. Wouldn't worry about what they wore. Wouldn't worry about, you just had to, you had to uh, abide by the requirements of the Lord so you would just go find folks and say, hey, come on, we have a party, come on. And that's how he taught them how to be givers. <coughs> now, under Jesus, under Christ, we are no longer under that system. But the mentality of generosity should still be the same. We should always look for opportunity to be a blessing to someone else. A blessing to say, the Lord's blessed me, I want to bless you. I told the story about how uh, when uh, my wife and my daughter were going into this uh, lady store to buy stuff, and uh, I, I, it was one of the few times that I was blessed to not have to go in with them. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, so I didn't have to go in, so I was, I, I was heading over to the electronics store to go look at me some stuff, and there was this homeless guy sitting outside, and I said, Hey, sir. He said, hey, sir, do you have any money? I said, well, I don't usually give money to homeless people. I said, are you hungry? He said, yes, sir, I'm hungry. I said, okay, I'll be right back. So I went into uh, Little Caesars, and I got him a, 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 the meal. I got him two pizzas, the breadsticks, and two drinks. And I walked out there with it, and I said, hey, sir, here you go. Is this cool? He said, oh, yes, sir. Thank you so very much. Thank you so very much. I said, you're welcome. So I go into the electronics store. Now, I'm in the electronics store, I think, for a long time. But I discovered that time, when women are shopping, seems to stop. And they, they stay in there forever. I'm just, I'm just I'm, you know, I ain't saying all women. I'm just saying from my experience, you see I'm looking up because I ain't looking at nobody in particular. But So anyway, I got done doing my little bit of shopping. I go and I'm sitting in my car. And my wife and my daughter are coming out of the store. And there's the man sitting there right outside. He just happened to have moved to right in front of the store where they were coming at. And it, and it hit me so strongly. They come walking out of the store. He opens up the box. Now, I, I know it kind of deterred him because he reached his hand in there and pulled it out and said, hey, would y'all like a piece of pizza? And I, and, and, and the baby girl was like, daddy, you see that man trying to give us that pizza? I said, yeah. I said, I just bought that pizza for that man. He just, he, I'm blessed. I got two large pizzas. I got breadsticks. I got some drinks. Everybody coming out, he was doing like this. Would you like a piece of pizza? <laughs> That's the mentality that God's saying that we should have. He had more than enough. I have met some, some, some homeless people where you try to be a blessing to them, and they're trying to bless you back. Wait a minute, man. Here, let me. Oh, no, no. I, I don't need that. Yes, you do. Here, take it. No, sir, I'm good. No, you're not good. They have this mentality of generosity. And that's why I was saying, don't allow just because you got a couple of dollars in your pocket for you not to look for opportunities to be generous to someone else. Just think of how 
much a community would be changed if the church would always look for opportunities to be generous to other folks. Not just worried about the folks in their congregation, but looking for opportunities outside the congregation to touch other people's lives. That's what we should be going for. That's what we should be looking to do. Give me about two more hours and I'll be done. Thank you. I heard you, Mama. I thank you. I appreciate both of y'all. Y'all just, just two lovely women. And then my wife. All right. But I want to point this out because there's a, there's a, there's a nice little three, four, four-verse scripture that really brings this out. Jesus brought, brings this out in Luke, the 21st chapter. It says it like this. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw two, he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he looked at his disciples and he said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. She was thankful that she could give to the Lord, saying, Lord, this is all I have. I'm giving you my all, knowing that if I give my all to you, that you're going to give your all back to me. Now, how many know that God's all is a little bit more than our all? No matter how you look at it. I'd rather God give me his all than I have to keep on my all. Oh, okay, y'all don't want to hear me on that, but that's how it works. Did God give you a... There was a whole song. Somebody just, just clicked it over my mind. You can't beat God's giving. No matter how you try, the more you give, the more he gives to you. So guess what? Keep right on giving because it's really true. You, you can't beat God's giving. No matter how you try. I wish I had an organist right now. I'd preach that right there. <laughs> Stop on. Practicing generosity is just like weightlifting. Just like weightlifting, you have to start lifting. Start where you are. Use what you got. Do what you can. If you start lifting 30 pounds, let's say you weigh 100 pounds, and you start lifting 30 pounds every day, okay? You're lifting a third of your weight, so that'd be 33 pounds. And as you go on, you start getting stronger and stronger and stronger, right? Now, let's say you're 300 pounds, and you have the same amount of strength that you had when you were 100 pounds, and you try to start lifting out a third of your weight. I don't think you're going to be too successful. So let's start where we are. Let's use what we've got. Let's do what we can. If we look for opportunities to be generous and to be a blessing to someone, guess what they do? They show up. They show up. I had situations where uh, I had just told Yolanda, I said, this year I want us to be better givers. I want us to be better givers. I said, I want to be, I just want us to give. And I was talking to this family, and they were talking, they were, they, were, they, were, they were a blended family, and the lady's son 
didn't live where, uh, where we lived at the time. And she said, yeah, we're looking at, we're looking at how we're going to get everything together for us to uh, bring him down because we want him to spend the summer with him. I said, oh, okay. So as I was walking away, God says, that's your first opportunity. And I was like, what's that my first opportunity? Now, I'm thinking, you know, just give some folks some money. He said, I want you to buy that young man's plane ticket. And I was like, Lucy, the devil, I ain't doing that. So I go home, I said, babe, remember I was talking about us being more generous givers? And, and, and this is one of, one of the few times Yolanda wasn't on my side. I said, uh, I said, you know, something came to me. And she's like, yeah, you should do it. You should do it. We had the money, right? I was like, yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll do it. She usually don't want me to spend no money. I, that's why I'm trying to get on my side. But it worked out. We, I called the family. I said, listen, I said, God put it on my heart. I was being kind of resistant, but I want to help you all. When, when do you want your son to be here? And she's like, well, what do you mean? I said, I'm going to buy your plane ticket. She just bust out and started crying. She said, we really, we, we really didn't know how this was going to happen. And uh, we just really appreciate you and your wife for helping us. So the young man comes down. I get to meet him. Straight A student. I think he's like number five in his class. Football player. All this other stuff. You know, just just a really really good. And it was just I just I only spent. He stayed there probably for about sixty days where we were, and I probably spent an hour, maybe two hours with him. I just got a chance to meet him and everything. He said thank you very much. He goes that next year. Uh, does real well, gets a scholarship to college, and he writes me, a, writes me a little note, you know, I really appreciate all that you've done for me. And that's all it is. Just an opportunity to be a blessing to someone else. Just so that he can be, his family can be together, he can be encouraged. He, in fact, later on his mom said, well, he really needed to be gone that summer because him and his dad was kind of having some friction at the time, and that kind of gave him some time apart. And when they came back together, everything seemed to work out smoother. You know, so God can use us as blessings to other folks. And we don't even know all the totality of what it is, but just being generous. Just saying, God, I'm good where I am, and I just want somebody else to be good where they are. I just want them to be happy. I just want them to be encouraged. I want them to know that you are a good God. Okay? Amen. So, our whole desire is this. That if I practice generosity, guess what? Luke 6.38 tells us that if we give, it's going to come back to us. It's going to come back to us good measure. It's going to come back to us pressed down. It's going to come back to us shaking together. Coming back running over. <coughs> People, because you've been giving to people, stuff is going to come to you in a different direction. And it doesn't have to be what you gave. It can be what you need at that moment. Because that's how God works. Isaac didn't know that he was going to need to have wells already pre-dug for him when King Abimelech kicked him out, but his dad already had dug some wells. He didn't know all this, but it all worked out because Abraham was a generous person. So let us operate in the mindset of, I am content where I am, 
because I have Jesus. And because I have Jesus, I have this love that other folks will be content where they are. And so if I have an opportunity to be a blessing to those persons, that is what I will do. Can I get an agreement with that? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for having a generous mindset. And it's based upon the contentment that you've given us because we rest in your son. We thank you that he gives us strength, whether we are high or whether we are low. But he strengthens us in every situation. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.